0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Jaded 1%. We are so very, very glad that you have decided to join us and embark on this journey with us. My name is Dave, and I'm here with... I'm Joe. Hey, Joe. How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm glad we're going into the weekend. Easter weekend.
0: Yes, it is Easter weekend. So we're recording this on a good Friday. And, uh, you know, I had the realization on my drive home today that and it was just a a moment of thought that i had that really i didn't encounter anybody today that acknowledged it was good friday nor did i make any effort to draw attention to the fact it was good friday
1: yeah i think the only thing i thought was that it's easter you know my boss told some guys that are working with us right now he goes hey have a good easter weekend and they gave no acknowledgement to it being Easter weekend even just i don't know yeah it's it, different. just off different off
0: it is very different very off so um but i guess that kind of fits with the reality of the world that we live in and yeah um i don't know that was just a thought i had so not to get too too philosophical or too deep down that road but
1: yeah, maybe some days are just like that.
0: And, and that and that is that is that is very, very true. Um the other thing that, that struck me as interesting was the pastor of our church on Sunday made the comment that Easter is the most attended service of the year. And I I wouldn't have guessed that. I would have thought Christmas. Uh
1: I think I knew that. I think I told my wife that. So it should be very, very busy on uh, Sunday.
0: And so I, it, I, that one of the things is I, I, and this is like kind of a silly thing to even banter about, but I was like, so is this semantics in terms of like Easter is truly always a Sunday service, whereas Christmas tends to be Christmas Eve? It tends to be uh, any day of the week. Any day of the week. So I
1: don't know. Maybe people are trying to. <laughs> It all seems a little Catholic, you know, they're trying to, you know, make themselves right for the rest of the year again, it being Easter.
0: Being Easter,
1: so... I don't know.
0: All right. Well, so, Joe, um, we've got a topic that we want to talk about tonight.
1: Yeah, so, uh, topic for tonight is what drew us into this line of work, whether it be military or law enforcement. So... There's no simple answer. There's, there could be multiple answers for every, any one person. So, um, <clears throat> I think for myself, you know, as i look back on, on my life, you know, um, in, in my decision to, to join the military, um, I think it started with my first air show that my dad took me to. I was eight years old and, uh, got to see some World War II airplanes fly around and I was immediately hooked. I was just, I was you know, hook, line and sinker. I was, I was all in for this. And at that time I wanted to be a, a pilot, you know, and by the time I was 10, had my whole life planned out, but, um, <laughs> but the, the military is always a part of uh, who I thought I wanted to be. Uh, my dad was in the military, my grandfather, um, a long line of military men in my family. And um, I don't think I necessarily thought that I was, keeping tradition so to speak but i just there's this draw to it i think there's this um, a certain amount of power and it's a tremendous amount of power and um, it's appealing and even if you don't like airplanes or don't like the military i think there's this a certain amount of awe that everyone gives in regards to the military and how mighty it really is Mm -hmm. and i think that's what it was for me at least in the beginning that uh, there's this draw to that much power and for, at eight years old, you're talking about world war II aircraft that <laughs> compare nothing to what we have in the air yeah, now. That's true. Um, but you know, that was the, that was, that was just the beginnings and, you know, obviously that morphed and changed over time. I ended up in the branch of service that I'd never, ever considered. And, <laughs> was you know, so I'm the first Marine on both sides of the family. Uh Oh yeah. So, um, but, uh,
2: Yeah, I think that it was just, um,
1: I think the other side of that for me was service. Really wanting to serve others. And it stayed, that part has really stayed with me. You know, I really want to be able to serve others. Um, I told my wife, if I ever won the lottery, you know, didn't have to work, you know, we were financially so well off. I didn't have to work. I wouldn't work. I would just volunteer a lot because I do love serving, um. So I think that's, I think that's the flip side of it. And I think, you know, if I have to, I mean, let's face it, I'm a boy. So some of the stuff, <laughs> it's really, really cool. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of work, but you know, there are it, it, some of it's just really fun, you know, um, you know to be a part of the things that I got to be a part of the training that I got to be a part of. and um, You know, especially seeing how, my piece contributes to the bigger picture, you know, as I progressed in rank. And I think that was pretty, that, 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 was a really cool part to see, you know, what I actually contribute on that part, you know, uh, I don't know. Stories to tell. I mean, there's always a story to tell.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> so what about you? Well, it's funny. Cause as, as you were talking, like my answers kept getting, like multiplying on each other. It's so like you said, there's multiple reasons why you end up in this job. So Yeah, totally. Um, so my mom's dad, my grandpa Redmond, he was a Marine. He served in World War II. Uh, my dad and my stepdad were both in the Army and served during Vietnam. And for me personally, I very much grew up, I mean, I grew up during peacetime. Right. I mean, there was no war going on. There was really not any military action going on. And the seventies and the eighties. Uh, so I just went off to college. Uh, my best friend went into the army and I considered it for like a brief moment because <laughs> Kenny was going in the army and he was uh, an M1A1 tank commander. And, um, but the interesting that happened uh, while um, I went off to college and Kenny went into military
2: was, um, desert storm.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. And, um, as a college kid, um, in 19 the early 1990s, um, I watched desert storm unfold on the TV. Right. Uh, I went to, uh, Kansas state university, Kansas state university is just up the road from Fort Riley in Kansas and uh Fort Riley is the home of the big red one and I did not know anybody at Fort Riley on a very close level but I knew people who knew people who died during Desert Storm right um I saw guys coming back from Desert Storm in the big red one um come to a college town and I, I I this is kind of Gosh, so, there's so much stuff here. Um, I remember seeing literally a, a, a soldier coming back that came back from a desert storm that that basically kicked the ass of like eight frat guys, and I was like, "That's that's really impressive." Like we're very very soft, and he's not. And um, uh, I, I don't want to say enamored, but it was kind of this like he's different than us. Like he's experienced something that. The rest of us haven't. And so um, I graduated from K-State. I went to work for a church. Um, I was in my off- office praying with a friend, Steve Sanks, actually, <laughs> uh, when my wife came in with our our youngest daughter and said, a plane has just crashed into one of the Twin Towers in New York. And I was like, okay, that's kind of crazy, whatever. And so we went and we started watching TV and about the time we got to the TV, the second plane flew into the other tower and, uh, you know, anybody that experienced 9-11 realized that, okay, this is a terrorist attack. Something is going on. And I had a conversation with my grandfather um, in short order after 9-11 happened and I asked him, what did you do when Pearl Harbor Happened Like what was your response to Pearl Harbor? And it was like before I could even get the question out of my mouth, my grandpa was like, I enlisted in the Marines the next day. Well, I was 31 when nine eleven happened. And I was like, I'm not gonna enlist in the military. I'm just <laughs> it was like one of those things where I was like, Oh, well, you're married, you got I was married. Yeah. I had kids. I was just I was too old to do it. But I had I had kind of been at a place where I was ready well, I was ready. I, 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 was, um, I was restless with my place in the church and I was, I was wanting something else. And I had grown up with an uncle who was a police officer in Chicago. And so, like, as you said, uh, the stories are pretty stinking good. And <laughs> uh, my uncle from Chicago that was a police officer always had the best stories. And so there was just kind of this um, culmination of all of this coming together for me after 9 11 of just um, kind of asking myself, what is it that I want to do? And through a conversation with my wife, we came to the conclusion that I was ready to leave the church and I wanted to pursue a job in law enforcement. And um, in addition to my uncle being, um, a police officer. My wife's stepdad was a police officer. And so um, I started down that. Do you think you always had a, a draw to it subconsciously? I always had a draw to it because when I went to K-State, um, back in 89, when I started at K-State, there was not a, you didn't get a, a degree in criminal justice. I'm not saying there weren't colleges that didn't have that. But K-State didn't have it, and it wasn't a very common thing. Right. And I remember taking a handful of sociology classes, classes that were like, um, I took a class on juvenile delinquency. I took a class on um, crime in society, and I always think I romanticized it and thought maybe someday I'd like to apply for the FBI or the CIA or <laughs> One of the three letter agencies that exists out there and all that. But um, so, yeah, I think there was something always in the back of my mind um, that wanted to do it, but didn't pursue it.
1: You know, as you were speaking, it reminded me of uh,
0: Tony Evans had
1: um, posted on Facebook and I can't remember how long ago it was, but he said, your calling will always ignite a fire in you. When you hear it, think about it or do it. Something burns inside of you. You were created for it. And I look back on my time in the military and, um, it was hard. It was tiresome. Um, it's, there is this fun element, but I'd say it makes up like 5% of the, you know, the rest, the 95% is is just, it's a lot of work. Um, you know, I was in the infantry, so it's just, I mean, shooting machine guns is fun, but it's a lot of work to carry it around. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work to clean it. It's all these things that go with it. Um. But I look back on my time and it's stressful. But my wife, whenever I came back from, you know, doing a mission or training or whatever, she'd always said, You're such a peach to be around because you know, <laughs> you're you're nicer, you're you're more excited, you know, and all these things. And I was totally stressed out. I was losing sleep. It's a ton of paperwork. I had to make sure my guys were fed and they're getting <laughs> hydrated and they have enough food and we're getting to our you know, points and destinations on time and all this stuff. Um, but I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculously stupid hard work sometimes. You're like, this is, why Why? Why am I walking around with 60 pounds of gear and I don't even have my pack? Why am I doing this? Maybe I'm just a glutton for punishment, but I look back on that time and go, man, I just, I loved, I absolutely loved wearing my that's one place I felt like I was really home. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're, you're talking about that. It kind of just, and I think even if it takes you, you know, you were 31 before you got to the point of, like, I'm ready for a, com- I mean, it's a, that's a drastic change. That's a 180 in careers, But I think that, you know, when you were talking about that, there's this level of excitement that this builds up inside of you. You know, even when I. I don't like talking about it a whole lot about all those things I did mostly because it's all civilians are like, Oh, what about this? I'm just like, Ugh, I roll and seriously, there's, there's so many other things to talk about. But if you catch me in the right mo- moment, in the right mood, it is fun to talk about because there are a lot of cool things that happen. Um, you know, being, a, I mean, when you're underneath an A-10 firing its cannon at a target, it's ridiculously amazing. I mean, it'll scare the living bejesus out of you because it's so incredibly loud, but it's, it's cool too. Yeah. Oh yeah. So,
0: well, and so, so that was, I guess that was kind of the piece of it for me was, is um, I, I guess I genuinely had this sense of like, I, I felt like I hadn't served in a way that I felt like every man, every guy should have served you know, like I said, my, my, my grandpa had done it. Um, my dad, my stepdad, my best friend, like they all kind of had this sort of military experience that I didn't. And, um,
1: so you didn't want to miss out.
0: I, I don't want to, I, I didn't want to miss out. And it was, um, I, I, well, I'm not, I'm not going to analyze it too much or try not to analyze it at this point of just. I do know that one of the things that was a factor for me deciding to go into that was I felt like I had missed out or I had not contributed. Mm-hmm. I had not kind of like done my my uh my service um Israel then Israel's a nation requires I believe
1: uh, men 2 years women or men 3 years women 2 years Switzerland requires 7 years of service.
0: Mhm. And um I guess I'm a little bit in the camp of, I don't think that's such a bad idea.
1: They also have very low crime rates.
0: I, I think it would be good for us as a country <laughs> if we required that. Um, but. So I guess,
2: I guess with this, you know, um, you know, are there regrets about making that decision? Um, and as I look at myself, um,
1: I heard a long time ago, someone called someone else naive and they said, that's not necessarily a bad thing because there's this innocence that goes with it, Mm -hmm. the naivety. And I think that's probably what I miss, would say I have the most regrets about is that, you know, for people who are really naive to what, you know, you know, this 1% of us military and law enforcement called the real world, you know, you just don't get it. Um, There's this naivety about how it really works about that ugly side um, almost like a child's innocence you know they just don't they don't they don't see it they don't expose to it there's no conversations about it. they see the news and you know the, the most that they're going to be exposed to is you know their reactions to be oh my that's that's horrible i mean and that's as bad as it gets for them um, i think that's probably one of my regrets is that your innocence is certainly taken because of the exposure And it has to be because of of the work. I mean, you you just can't stay there and continue in this line of work and expect to come out unscathed. But I think there's a little bit of, um, you know, you're talking about your friend Steve, you know, we've seen him at work at church and he comes up to us and he's just a chatterbox about all this stuff. And you and I are just kind of like eye rolling at each other. (laughs) Just going, oh my gosh, dude, just shut (laughs) up. But there's this innocence that he has because he doesn't know. Yeah, and and part of me wishes I still had that because maybe I wouldn't be as jaded as I am, or as biased as I am, or as callous to things as I am. Um. I mean, it may be certain in other, other things, but I, you know, overall, I don't feel like I would be as as gruff and harsh, mm-hmm. you know, because it comes out. It comes out with my wife sometimes. It comes out with my children. I mean. I think my separation from the military has helped over time, but some of those elements just don't go away. You know, I'm like, why are you crying? Stop crying. You're going to have to suck it up. Life mm-hmm. isn't always, you know, rainbows and unicorns. Right. You know, put your big boy pants on. <laughs> Let's deal with this. That doesn't work when your son is six. <laughs> 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 you know, it's, Yes. So do you have uh, regrets about getting into the line of work?
0: So, um, I don't know that I have regrets, but I know that uh, two years ago. So 2016 was a, a really rough year for me personally on so many levels.
1: Rough year for cops.
0: It was a rough year for cops. And um, Netflix has a show called Flint Town. <laughs> and even in that, they're dealing with the Dallas shooting of the officer and um, that was a very vivid um, time for me um, because I'd actually reached a point, and my wife was like fully supportive of it of like, if you want to leave this career, I get it, go for it. Like right. you can leave now and um, maybe discuss this at a, another time, but I felt like God closed the doors to that and that I'm very much uh, where God wants me to be. But more than regrets, I, for the longest time, uh, felt like a failure in terms of my job at the church. Like, I felt like I failed in that um, God had called me or not. Gosh, I don't, I don't want to use that term loosely. Yeah,
1: but well, that's what you thought at the time.
0: I, at, the, at the time, I thought my calling where I was supposed to be was at the church. And I would say for the vast majority of my career in law enforcement, it was I had, I had failed at my original call. I had, made a, I had made a secondary choice to enter into law enforcement. And while being successful at it, it really wasn't what God had called me to. Where I'm at now, I don't believe that i wouldn't I wouldn't trade my law enforcement career for anything. I think I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um,
1: that kind of has part of my follow-up question to you do you have regrets? you know would
0: you change uh, your decision if you could so no yeah. i would not I would not change my d- decision
1: yeah nor would i
0: um i wasn't that's not where I was two years ago. Um,
1: I think there's this also this element of fluctuation where you've got high ground and you've got low ground, you're going to go up and you're going to have your, your highs and lows are going to just like any career. Mm-hmm. I, I think though, these, these jobs have this lows may feel lower than they really are because of the work and highs may not feel as high as they could be if it was, you know, maybe the business world or something outside of mm-hmm. military and law enforcement. Did you, do you think you that's accurate in some of the things that you've
0: experienced? I, I guess say that again clarify for me do I think lows
1: may feel lower, lower than they actually are and highs may not feel as high as they really are because I have, I have felt like I've been you know, a failure in the military and when I mentioned it to my peers I said I feel like I'm not doing a very good job at this they're like no dude you're doing great I'm like I do not feel that one bit I feel mm-hmm. like I am drowning right now and you guys are saying I'm doing a good job. I don't see what you see. Mm-hmm. You know, have you experienced those moments? You know, maybe not specifically that, but. Um,
2: so I think one of the things I would say is I think that feeling
0: is, is true of um, us as human beings. And I think that's true. For those of us who maybe don't have a very like. Um, I guess I've, I've been a little bit envious of people that have like this. Well, this is what I've always wanted to be. This is what I've done. And then they succeeded at it.
1: Yeah, I've always been envious of people like that.
0: And, and so. So the highs and the lows in terms of law enforcement, military. um. Uh, I'm going to, uh, my answer is going to be, I don't know. That's all right. Uh, I do know that one of the things that I have told people about this job is that, that I feel like is different than being in business or being in a different career is, you know, a bad day for me can be newsworthy. And that creates a lot of pressure because, you know, if you have a bad day at work, it may not make the front page of, of the paper <laughs> and my job now. No. Yeah. Or, 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 or any page of the newspaper. Right. But I, but I think, and I, you know, I don't want to over sensationalize it, but I, I have had those moments of like, if this does not go well. Like CNN could be on our back porch tomorrow <laughs> covering this. Right. And that's like, holy cow, I don't like that. Now, again, I I don't want to be overly dramatic about it, but I do believe there is some truth in that. that oh, yeah, sure, for sure. You know, decisions that I make in my job can suddenly be newsworthy. And I think for most people, that's not the case.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: But military and police and, you know, we, we, you and I have had this conversation that um, jaded maybe more, well, we definitely believe jaded is more than just the military or, or police that any first responders, people that deal with trauma mm-hmm. is a daily basis. Um, I, I certainly think, um, kind of put you in that category of.
1: It's a special kind of jaded though. <laughs> maybe <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's it. It. Maybe
0: that's true. Yeah. <laughs>
1: maybe that's it. Um, if you, uh, what, what about things that you could change or do over? Because I, I look back at this, um, special operations groups um, have always been very important to me. Um, and at the end of my military career, that was what I was going to do. Um, I started training for that specifically, um, working out. I was a gym rat. It was ridiculous. My workouts <laughs> were stupid. I mean, my jogging mile pace was seven minute a mile. It was, wow. it's stupid. And um, swimming, running, lifting, all that stuff. Um, it'd been long enough that I had to retake the VASVAB. I retook it and it was, my score was so high that the, the recruiter was like, holy cow, dude. <laughs> you know, psychological test before you go in, you know, they want you to make sure you're not crazy. Um, and I actively um, said uh, no to that job. So for for me, my regret was not having done that sooner uh, in my career, um, and I don't have a regret about saying no. It, it was um, that was my dream job, so it was a little bit heartbreaking. Um, I cried over it, I mourned it um, because it was a big deal for me. Um, but I think that there's these moments I've I've had in the, in time when I look at that a situation. I, I mean, science always twenty twenty. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but decisions to make different, dis- different big decisions, you know, with your career, you know, and special operations was definitely one of those things that I wish I had, um, you know, gone after sooner to been a part of, um, you know, and I have friends there in those groups now, um, they paint a different picture <laughs> once they, once they get there, <laughs> it is way different than, than their, than, than how you see it. Um, but that's definitely one of those things that I wish I could have sought after sooner and, and, you know, been a part of, cause even to this day, I mean, uh, there's, there's, there's a special place in my heart for those guys. Um, oh, and, and yeah. not just in, in American, um, but like, you know, French special forces and British SAS guys and you know, our, our own special operations groups in the States, obviously, but, uh, those those people specifically are very near and dear to my heart. You know, there probably isn't there are very few days where I don't think about them on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have you looking back over your career in law enforcement? Do you think, wow, I should have really done this or not taken this position within you know the police department?
0: Um, so I, it's funny because I can I can genuinely tell you that I think one of my regrets is. If anything, I wish I had done it sooner. I wish I had been younger. Everybody hates you now. (laughs) (laughs) When I started, um, you know, I I was 31 when I started. And so I I do wish that um, even just a couple of years earlier, a few years earlier, um, I I wish I would have done, um, I think I wish I would have Man, it's just, it's really funny because when I went into this job, I was so clueless as to what I was getting myself into. I was so clueless as to-
1: As is everybody else. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. I I mean, and I think we're clueless on any of that stuff. We're clueless when we get married. We're clueless when we have kids.
1: Oh, totally. You
0: know, I I, I think it's just sort of the, if we really knew, you know, I think we're clueless when we decide we're going to follow Jesus and pursue him. You know, I, I, yeah, you know, I so. think, and if, I think it's one of the reasons is, you know, if we knew what we were getting ourselves into, we would avoid it altogether. And so God, by his grace goes, I'm only going to give you enough for today <laughs> and you're, it's going to unfold right um, in front of you. And so, uh, I, I think that's, that's probably my, my biggest regret. Um, I think the second regret that I have is that. I had this idea that I kind of had to prove myself. I had to be something other than who I was for a while there. And, um, that's probably pretty
1: normal. Cause I think I felt myself doing that. There's this adjustment period. You kind of have to figure yourself out within, within the job.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and you know, for me, there was a little bit of, well, this guy used to be a pastor. He used to work at a church. And so, I had something to prove that I could be tough, that I could make the hard um, decisions or, or I, I, you know, I don't even know what. Be a tough guy. Be a tough guy. And I've long since realized that um, that really doesn't mean much in this job. Well, uh, maybe that's not even the fair way to say it. You know, that, what's interesting about
1: that comment is some of the nicest people, literally, some of the nicest people that I ever met in the military. We're special operations guys. Mm-hmm. And those guys, I mean, let's face it, they're badasses. Oh yeah. oh yeah. And, but you, to talk to them, you're like, dude, you are so nice. <laughs> like, re, like, seriously, that's not what I, I, that is not what I thought at all, but that's who they are. Yeah. I don't know. Yep.
0: So, um. Unless that's a facade, but I kind of doubt it. I don't think, it, yeah, I don't think it is either. So yeah, I I mean those that's probably the biggest thing for me um is just trying to be something that I wasn't um but even as I say that there's an element of you know I I really learned from that and it made me realize that it's okay to be a nice guy. It's okay. Yeah. Um for me to to for my my faith to still be important to me. Um and I've since kind of found myself in a situation where I can um, encourage others to do the same, you know, mm-hmm. um, don't change who you are. Um, uh, yeah. So that's,
1: what about what we tell our kids
0: in terms of saying, well, um, I remember when,
1: you know, uh, so I made a transition. I got, I was in the Marines for, for five years. I got out for a couple of years. Um, I went bonkers. Cause you know, I mean, I went bonkers. Um, and then I went into the, to the army. Um, but, um, I know for all you Marines listening, I know, I know I've heard it. Yeah, I get it.
0: Um, Is is there something that says like once a Marine, always a Marine, unless you join the army?
1: No, but you get a lot of grief (laughs) over it. The the funny thing is when I got to my unit, there were a lot of Marines
0: there. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, you know, but I, I'd put on my uniform, you know, as my kids got older, they're like, Oh, you're going to go, you know, be a soldier To You're going to go be a soldier. I'm like, yeah, I got to go be a soldier. And, um, you know, they, they'd see that, you know, and, and they, they'd ask questions. You know, my son has been asking me some very off, off the wall questions, you know, dad, when you were, when you are in the military, um, have you ever been in space? <laughs> no, son, I haven't been in space. Do you know anybody that has been in space? No, I don't know anybody that's been in space, and so I, th- I think there's this there's this mystique that goes to it because they're not completely familiar with it, you know. Because I I I don't talk at great length about it with them, mm-hmm. um, or, or at all lately. It's just I, I don't know, I don't care about it as much as I used to. But, um, you know what we tell our kids about the work, you know, and I think that that's one of the things, you know, what 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 am I going to convey to my kid my children. About the work that I did, because there's going to be a time they're like, "What did you do specifically?" Yeah, which that hasn't come up yet, but you know, you know, my son's baseball team. Some of the his teammates have asked, you know, "Have you killed anybody?" And I said, "Why? Why would you want to know that?" I mean, now, granted, they're they're 11 year old boys, right? You know, they don't they don't know anything yet, but that that comes up. Um, but part of that question is, you know, am I going to encourage or discourage them from this? the work that I did in the military knowing what I know about the job and knowing how the effects that it, it has had on me you know what would I encourage and I'll have daughters also um, and that they're they're probably not gonna if they did join the military which I highly doubt you know right now we're, we have combat jobs that are opening up for for women now you know am I gonna encourage you know what am I going to say to them if they if my daughters say hey dad and, you know, I, I want to join the military and I want to get into the infantry. You know, what, what am I going to tell them? You know, that's, you know, what if you're, I mean, your daughters are looking at ministry right now, but what, what if they do a, a, a Dave and say, hey, uh, <laughs> thinking about becoming a cop? Yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you tell them? Don't do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I think. In some ways I've been a negative in my, my job and who I am has been a negative influence. And this is going to be like confession time for Dave here a little bit. Um, one, um, I, I've really gotten to the point where, um, cussing four letter words. I, I really don't have an issue with it. Um, you're kidding. No, I've never heard you (laughs) kiss. And my children children have, my wife has, um, and, and partly I'm just like, and, and I definitely have my different modes. I have my cop mode where the F word does become an adjective for me. Uh, I don't talk that way at home, but I also don't guard my kids from it. Um, I probably watch TV shows with my kids that they probably shouldn't be watching. Um, (laughs) in fact, um, I guess there's even a little bit of an internal struggle with this going on right now. But, um, m- my daughter asked me specifically about a couple of shows that we watched. And she's like, why do you watch these shows? She goes, do you watch these shows? Because these are the people that you deal with. What shows? Um, well, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say with the one, because I'm kind of like, I didn't realize it was so, there was so much sex in it and it's shameless. That's the name of the show. Shameless. Shameless is on, it's on uh, Netflix and then William H. Macy is in it and it, it is a wonderful show. It is a great show. There's just a lot of sex and it's a lot of sex. that's like, I don't really need this in there. Isn't that most TV shows though? Uh, this is kind of like this over the top. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like the beginning of the episode, like as soon as it comes on, it's like two people going at it and you're just like, Oh, come on. Um, it also takes place on the South side of Chicago. Yeah. Um, I'm a White Sox fan. White Sox fans are from the South side of Chicago. I was, I was born in Chicago. I grew up White Sox fan. My family's from the South side. Well, we won't hold
1: it against yeah. you. No,
0: not, no, not. We, we gave the Royals a beating on opening day, but anyway, um, <laughs> not we, I don't play for the White Sox. Um, so sure you do left out, <laughs> but she asked me, she goes, and, and another show is my name is Earl which is a little more benign. I would (laughs) highly recommend. My name is Earl over shameless, but she said, do you watch the show? Because these are the people that you deal with. And I said, it's a good question. She, it was a, Oh, Olivia is she's sharp. She's very sharp. She's very, um, psychology major. Well, she, she pays attention to what is going on and she picks up on a lot of things that Um, I and then and then the other part of it is, is she doesn't let on that she's watching and picking this stuff up. So she asked me, "Why do you watch it?" And and she said, "Is it because it's the people that you deal with?" And I said, "You know, a little bit." But I said, "I watch this because I said this is real life, Mm -hmm. and I said this is what the world is really, really like for most people." Um, you know, as a police officer, I get to go into homes. I get to see things that most people don't get to see right and when you're showing up at somebody's house when it's unexpected, most people do not have a clean put together home most people <laughs> you know most people have things that they don't want you to know about in their bedroom most people have things that they do that would be embarrassed if they're you know it's it's just the reality of it and when I watch a show um, like those there's just this reality this there's this um it's, it's almost refreshing to me.
1: So your escapism is reality. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're That's weird. You're weirdo. I, I, I probably am a, uh, that way. I just, you know, I, I guess there's kind of, uh, um, don't want to get in too much commentary on the church or Christians, but I think we definitely have this, 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 we got to put our best foot forward. We got to put the best impression forward and kind of act like we have our act together. And that you know
1: i think I think that's everybody. I don't think that's a church
0: thing. we don't cuss, um we don't drink um and I, you know here's the thing I mean, I drink and I don't just drink I drink because I want to relax, I drink because you know it relieves some of the stress. I'm not saying it is the best option, but I enjoy alcohol <laughs> that's all there is to it. um Never. I'm tempted to look at pornography, I'm tempted to you know that's when I say you know things like shameless it's like. Uh, you know, I see it and then it gets my mind going, okay, are there are other things that I can look at. And um, so, so that's, so, uh, you know, that's probably a whole discussion that we'll have another day because nothing happens in a vacuum. But as Christians, I guess I just am like, well, as Christians, as human beings, I just wish we could all be a little more authentic about, um, and I didn't mean to get on my soapbox here, a little more authentic about our struggles and what we deal with, um, that we don't have our act together. And I, I just wish all of us would quit pointing the fingers at other people. And so
1: is that your way of, I don't know, so to speak, dealing with it, watching those shows, you kind of just, maybe, maybe you just feel a little bit more normal watching those.
2: Oh,
0: um, I, I, yeah, I'll accept that. <laughs> um, but it, but like I guess as I watch it, I'm like, maybe that's it. maybe that is a good way to put it. I feel more normal.
1: Well, I think that's part of it. You know, it's that we feel this. So for me, you know, I some of those shows are okay, but I'm a big sci-fi guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so I like the sci-fi because I want to escape from the norm. You know, my my
2: escapism is something that's never going to happen.
3: hmm You know?
2: So, and that
1: makes me feel more normal because there's a science element to it, you know, and I geek out on that stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a very w- weird, you know, infantryman. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I think, I, I, maybe that's it, you know, when when we, when we do these things, you know, we're, we're looking for that, that normal element, that human element, and whatever can, whatever we feel can connect us to that, we gravitate towards. And it's yeah. just different for everybody.
0: Yeah, it, it, so. We've t- totally taken a dog know, leg into psychology. I know, I know we definitely have. Um, so one of the things is, is, and I think we've talked about this before on here, my personality profile is I'm an INFP. I think I'm borderline ENFP that my kind of back and forth is extrovert introvert. Uh, but I think when it's all said and done, I'm, I, I tend to fall more on the, on the introvert side than the extrovert side. Um, but one of the things about being an INFP is you, you lead your kind of place where you're comfortable is when authenticity is at the forefront. Right. And unfortunately, social norms kind of tell us you can't always be authentic in I can't tell you how I really feel about you. I can't really, you know, and so well, so so yeah, do those shows make me feel normal? Yeah, because I believe that those there's like an authentic authenticity with those people and how they act as flawed as they are right. that I don't get to experience in my everyday. That's fair. mic, mic drop. Uh, Would I let, would I encourage my kids to go into this job? I think was the second piece. And I want to answer that was, um, the answer is no, I would not encourage, um, my kids to do that. And I would, and, and, um, I have two girls and a boy and, um, I would not encourage anybody to go into this.
1: I think it takes a special person to do this job period. Uh, and, you know, my dad um, was in the army and uh, would have much rather have me and my younger, youngest brother not be in the military if he had his druthers, which I get as a parent. But I also think there's this, it takes a very unique individual to do these jobs. It takes a very special person. And it's not to say that we're better than anybody else. We're not. It's just... It's just a very unique personality to be able to handle what is thrown at you. And I mean, you've probably seen it, but there are some people who get into this and they cannot handle it and, oh. then, and they don't last.
0: Nope. Um, you aren't, there are just people not cut out for it and that's okay.
1: I mean, I got out because it was just time for me to, it was just mm-hmm. time for me to make my exit. Um, I wish I could have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm basically medically retired at this point, but my knee, they won't take me back because of my knee, but um, it was just that time and I wish I could have retired from it. Um, but it, it, it honestly, looking back on that, it just it takes a special person to do it because it is relentless. It sometimes, um, depending on the job, it's just brutal. It's just, there's no let up and you just have to be, have the mindset of, you're, you're just going to keep going, mm-hmm. you know? So it, I think it does take a special person and, You know, for me, you know, when I look at my kids, you know, would I encourage them to do
2: this job? I'm I'm
1: hesitant to say, yeah, go for it. But I also don't. I also know, having experienced my dad trying to, I don't know if he's trying to live vicariously or if he's just a worrywart and overly concerned. I also want my children to to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so if they, if they say, dad, I just really feel led here. I really feel like this is where I need to be. Who am I to say no to that when when I, when I myself did it, but at the same time, I don't necessarily think I want my children being participants of this, this conversation that we're having. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want them to, to years later, go back and listen to our podcast and go, (laughs) oh my gosh, dad, I, I totally get that, you know? You know, I don't know if I want that for them for them, you know. No, uh, yeah. You know, I I would like them to keep their incense as long as possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I, so that I guess that would be the second piece for me is would I encourage my kids to do it? No. If my children should ever find themselves in this career and they succeed at it, I would be proud like oh yeah, beyond belief. Like I just would be like Hell yeah, they did that. Um Olivia definitely has my my younger daughter has this inclination of um she's the one that I watch these shows and she's the one that asks me a lot of these questions. Um she'd actually be a pretty tough cop. Well, exactly. And she even <laughs> kind of like, you know, when we watch police shows, um or even things kind of maybe on the line of like, um, uh, silence of the lambs where it's, it's more about behavioral science or it's about intelligence. Uh, Oh, dark 30. Right. I think there's kind of a, a strong female lead. like yeah. She'll ask me, how do you, how, wh- what, what degree should I get in college? If I want to do that kind of a thing. Basket um,
1: weaving. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> um, you know, so she, she kind of has that sort of like, um,
1: well, there's a little bit of a draw there for her.
0: Yeah. um, and again, I would never encourage her to do it. But if any of my kids ever did it, I would be incredibly proud. So, Oh, yeah, totally. And I have no regrets. No regrets. I mean, I, I can genuinely uh, sit before you right here and go, I wouldn't change anything about, you know, the last, Well, anything about my life. Um, hindsight being 2020, if I got to go back, would I do things differently? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But no regrets. Fair enough. So um, we've gone quite a long time. Any thoughts before we close out here?
1: No, I, I think that one of the reasons I wanted to ask this question is that um, I think these, these jobs can be exhausting. And i you know, my, my childhood best friend, he's, he's a cop. And, you know, he told me one time that he was just tired, just exhausted. And he was doing a job that in the, in the police department, I said, you know, maybe you need to go back to your roots and patrol and just get back into the streets and and figure out why you originally wanted to do this to, to kind of recharge. But I I think that, that, you know, it's, it's, it's tiring. It's exhausting. It's relentless, you know, and sometimes I think we need a reminder. And we need to go back to the beginning to see. You know, why did we do this? Um, and I think if we do that, especially those of us who are really passionate about it and, and, and really felt a calling into this line of work, we just need the reminder to go, yeah. And it's a, sustain- it's a reminder for sustainment. It's a reminder to go, just keep pushing, you know. For those of you who are listening, you know, who are, who are making this a career where you're going to retire from these jobs, you know, um, um, and you're tired, I, I get it. I totally get it. And my encouragement would be to, if you have intent on staying to the very end and go back to the beginning to remember why you really got into this and, and and take solace in in that decision and and grab onto it and, and and trust that God has um, a plan um, for you to, to keep going with this. You know, I don't think he put this on your heart for no reason. I think he put it there for a very specific reason, but um You know, we, we have to remind ourselves and, and each other sometimes that, no, this is, this is a, this is a worthwhile, um, career field to get into, um, in spite of all the,
2: you know, the, the stuff that goes with it. So,
0: yeah. So this summer of 2016, um, the verse that I really just, I memorized and I said it daily and I said it often was Proverbs. Uh, three verses five and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. And honestly, at that point, I was so sure that I'd made the wrong decision in a career and I was so ready to leave and I was so just ready to be done. I was like, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. And I was praying that. And I really felt like God just said to me, you are exactly where I want you to be. And, um, not exactly what I wanted to hear at the time, but kind of two years down the road, I, I I'm it's starting to make sense to me, wow. and I'm really trying to be a Christian and be salt and light at the workplace, and um, but even as I say that, not be something that I'm not. Like you can have me in all my faults, all my fallibility, um but I love Jesus and I need Jesus. And if you want to know more, I'm willing to share it with you. So anyway, not always easy, but it is, um, uh, no regrets. So appreciate you listening to us tonight.
1: Yeah. I got nothing after that. You killed it. There at the end, <laughs> well, I don't
0: know about that, but, um, so yeah, we're grateful if you listen to the end and hope we, uh, check our, uh, check out our website, the jaded 1% where one is an actual number one, uh, the jade1percent.com. And um, love to give you, love to hear from, love for you to give us some feedback, hear from you, your thoughts on our, our uh, podcast and um, any of the blogs that are on the website. So yeah, let us know what you guys think. We'd
1: love to hear from you.
0: All right.
2: We'll talk to you later.
0: See you guys. Bye.